I greet you in the high and holy name of Jesus Christ, our crucified and risen Lord. The scripture lesson for today from Luke chapter 12 has Jesus instructing us about the Christian lifestyle. I'm going to read selected ver verses from Luke 12. If you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of his holy and inerrant word. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated and let us pray. Take my lips and speak through them. Take our thoughts and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Unless you speak, nothing of significance will be spoken. Give us your word, Lord Jesus. Amen. When I make my regular visits to the Fort Jackson golf course for my weekly lesson in humility, I have to pass by the Fort Jackson Fire Department. And because I've gone by there so many times, I've noticed the firemen, and I've noticed things about their lifestyle. I noticed that though they're never frantic or lazy, they're always busy, cleaning or repairing equipment, refueling the trucks, always doing something. And even on a beautiful spring day when they're having lunch outdoors, I notice that they're always alert for that fire alarm. Because if it sounds off, they've got to be in uniform and on that truck in a matter of minutes, off to fulfill their mission. Those firemen set a good example for us Christians in regard to lifestyle. We must never be frantic or lazy but always ready, alert, and faithful. Our Bible lesson for today from Luke 12 gives us Jesus' instructions concerning the Christian lifestyle. And much of this chapter was directed toward believers because Jesus refers to his audience as the little flock. And Jesus uses a kind of parable to get across his main points. He says, suppose a master or farm owner 
goes away to another city for a wedding banquet. And he leaves the manager in charge of the farm. The manager is supposed to follow his instructions, supervise the servants, get the work of the farm done according to the instructions from the master. Now, suppose the master is delayed in returning, and, and often in biblical times, a wedding feast could last for weeks. The master is delayed. Jesus draws a contrast between the unwise and the wise manager. The wise manager continues to do what the master told him to do, even though the master is delayed in returning. He does a good job supervising the servants, taking care of the farm. And when the master returns, he promotes the manager. Oh, but the unwise, the unwise manager didn't do it that way. When he saw that the master was delayed in returning, he thought to himself, well, I'm going to run this farm my way, not his way. And so the manager gets drunk. He abuses the servants and... When the master does return, he punishes this unwise uh, manager uh, severely. This parable of Jesus points out that the level of punishment depends on how much the manager knew of the master's wishes. If he knew a lot, he would be punished more severely than if he just knew a little of the master's wishes. Now, this parable makes us clergy nervous. It really does cause us to squirm because we know a lot about the master's wishes. We've been to seminary. We've been taught the scripture from Genesis to the maps. So we cannot plead ignorance. And we are commissioned to preach the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Ah, but what if I decide to tell you only the pleasant things you want to hear? What if I skip over making you uncomfortable by telling you about sin or judgment or hell? What if I preach sermons designed to entertain and amuse you? To tickle your ears? Well, why would I do that for heaven's sake? Why would I do that? Because, folks, we clergy are at least as human as you are. At least. And we hate to make you uncomfortable. We really do like to please you. But Jesus said that my punishment would be more severe if I do that because I know better. The prophet Ezekiel said, if I do not warn you about your sin, then God will hold me and you guilty of that sin. What a grim warning this is for us clergy and for late persons too who were trained by godly parents in the Bible and have been blessed by good Sunday school classes. Our scripture for today delivers three commands concerning the Christian lifestyle. First, be ready for Jesus' call each day. Be ready for Jesus' call each day. Jesus said, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamp burning. Because our Lord may call you or me at any moment 
of any day, right in the middle of our routine. Maybe when we least expect it, his call will come, and we must be prepared to answer it. For example, a fellow employee at work may tell us about his father who is facing a severe illness. Now, we could say to him, well, brother, I'll remember your father in my prayers. Blessings on you. Or, if this is a call from Jesus, maybe we could say, brother, would it be okay if I prayed for your father right now? And if he says okay, you could find a quiet place and pray for him right now, knowing that the book of James says that the prayer of a believer is powerful and effective, and just your offer of the prayer is a witness to the Lord you serve. This could be a call of Jesus right in the middle of a common day. Or the call of Jesus could come in countless other ways. Let's suppose that you have a daughter who is going to enter a university this fall as a freshman. And she has recently received a book from the university that she's supposed to read this summer and be prepared to discuss during orientation week. And let's suppose that you take a cursory look at this book and right away you notice that it is teaching certain viewpoints and standards that are contrary to the Bible. You know that. Could this be a call from Jesus to have a serious talk with your daughter, warning her about the kind of pagan secular propaganda she's likely to encounter in college and reminding her that the only absolute truth on earth is found in this holy book and that anything that disagrees with that is a lie. You could remind her that both the Old and the New Testament say the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. That could be a call of Jesus. Or the call could come in another way. Let's suppose that someone approaches you with a volunteer task. And you know right away that the task will require some time and energy. And with no pay. You also know that you have the ability to do it. And it would promote the kingdom of God. It could be a call of Jesus. And you might say. And it would be wise to. Let me take. 24 hours to think and pray on this and let you know tomorrow. And if you do pray about it, when you get up the next morning, you'll be tilted. Either the Lord will say, yep, this is a task for you, or no, I've got some other plan. It could be a call of the Lord. You see, every day is a slice of eternity. And Jesus Christ wants to be our Lord every day. Sometime back, my wife and I were taking a little walk on a beautiful spring day. And not far from our house is a small pond. And as we passed by there, we noticed one of the busiest mothers I've ever seen. This was a mother duck with 14 <laughs> tiny ducklings. And a few of them were rambunctious trying to go here and there. She was trying to corral them, keep them organized, keep them together, teaching them to feed protecting them from the turtles. She was one busy mother. We looked at that scene. My wife said, wonder where the daddy duck is. 
And before I could come up with an excuse, she said, he's probably off at the golf course playing around. <laughs> well, I couldn't defend uh, the daddy duck because he was AWOL. He was AWOL from his responsibilities to that mother duck and to his 14 tiny ducklings. He was AWOL. Unlike the daddy duck, we Christians must never be AWOL from the call of Christ. It is good for us to take vacations from work. We should. We must never take a vacation from the call of the Lord. It is good for us to turn off our cell phones sometime, especially in church. We must never be out of reach, beyond the reach of God's call. At the end of World War II, in Germany, there were some American GIs who were cleaning out a beautiful, huge cathedral that had suffered extensive bomb damage. And there in the cathedral, they found a statue of Jesus. And amazingly, it was almost intact. However, the hands were missing. And the soldiers looked everywhere for those hands, couldn't find them. And then with a stroke of divine inspiration, one of those soldiers put a sign in front of that statue and it said, your hands are his hands. Your hands are his hands. When he calls, we can be his hands. Here's the second command that I find in this scriptural text. This is the second command for the Christian lifestyle. Be ready for Jesus' final call. Now, that final call could come in one of two ways. It could come when we die and report to the judgment throne of God Almighty. Uh, our Methodist founder used to say that every Christian ought to always be prepared to preach, pray, or die. The second way that the final call could come would be when the Lord Jesus returns to planet Earth as He promised He would. When Jesus ascended from earth to heaven, an angel said to his disciples, this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And Jesus described his return this way, they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus returns, his presence will be so dazzling that the sun will seem to be an eclipse what a sound that heavenly trumpet is going to make. Just imagine a bugle blast so pure, so clear, that not a bird on earth would dare to sing. All of creation will strain to take in every note, and loud voices in heaven will declare, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Now, Jesus taught that he would return and that his return would be at an unexpected time, like a thief in the night. Followers of Jesus must always be ready, alert, and faithful. Pierce Harris, the colorful preacher down in Atlanta of another generation, used to talk about Jesus' return to earth in a colorful way he would say someday you're going to look up and see the divine storekeeper 
coming down the long stairway of the stars, rattling his keys and calling out, it's closing time, folks. It's closing time. Now, I'm declaring this biblical truth about the return of Jesus Christ for two reasons. One, folks must be warned. There are some folks who are asleep spiritually, serving some second-rate God other than Jesus Christ. And if Christ were to return tonight, they would be lost for all eternity. Some of these people rationalize it this way. They say, oh, before I get old and sickly, I'm going to repent and get straight with God. But there's no reason to hurry and do it now. But these folks may forget that they could die before they get sick and old. And Christ may return before they die. How can you be prepared to meet the Lord? The only adequate preparation is so simple and straightforward. You repent of your sin and claim Jesus Christ by faith as your personal Savior and Lord. If you believe that Jesus paid your personal penalty for sin when he died on the cross, then you can't help but be so grateful that you will invite the living Christ, the risen Christ, to be the Lord and leader of your life. And then you'll be ready to meet the Lord. The other reason for preaching the truth about Jesus' return is to comfort those who've already repented and trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. These people need to be reminded that although the front page news is terrible and could get worse... God is still in control. He will still have the last word with his world. And therefore, do not lose hope. One of the greatest saints in Christian history was the 13th century Italian mystic and preacher, St. Francis of Assisi. One day, St. Francis was hoeing his garden and one of his associates asked him, Brother Francis, if you knew this was your last day to live, what would you do? St. Francis thought about that and he said, I would keep on hoeing my garden. What he was saying was, I've already made my eternal preparations. Nobody with good sense would wait to the last minute to do that. I've already taken care of that. So, if this were my last day, I would keep on hoeing my garden. We Christians are to live every day as if it were our last day. Never frantic or lazy, but ready, alert, and faithful. Here is the third command for Christians in their lifestyle. If you have been blessed bountifully, serve and give bountifully. In Luke 12, verse 48, we read, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. What we are told here is that God's expectations of us depend on how much he has blessed us. Remember, in Jesus' parable of the talents, the guy who got ten talents was expected to produce a lot more than the one who had received just five 
or even just one talent. Just think for a moment of all the blessings, the resources with which God has showered us. Just think of the help that God has given us. Think of the financial resources that make most of us rich compared to the rest of the world. We have the privilege of education as much as we will take. COVID-19 vaccine is available for everybody. And we live in a country where over the past 245 years, millions of people have sacrificed so much, including their own lives, so that you and I could be free and secure. We are the most privileged people on earth. And with those blessings comes an enormous responsibility to God, who is the source of all good things. Remember that widow that Jesus praised. He noticed her in the temple one day and she contributed to the offering the only two pennies she had. And Jesus praised her. He said she gave a lot more than those rich people who were throwing all that silver and gold into the offering. Why was her gift so huge? Her faith and sacrifice were huge. And that widow shames most of us modern Christians because, folks, we sacrifice so little. When was the last time we skipped a meal so that we could fast and pray? When was the last time that we skipped a weekend at the beach or in the mountains so we could make an extra gift to some missional cause? When was the last time we postponed purchasing a new car so that we could give more to the Lord's work? Here is a question that makes me uncomfortable and I suspect it has the same effect on you. What if the Lord Jesus were to come to you and me today and say, show me where in your life you are sacrificing for me. Now, many of us congratulate ourselves because we are tithers. We give 10% of our income off the top for the Lord's work. But the Bible says that's a minimal standard of giving for Christians. Not the maximum, minimum. In what other area of our lives are we content to live at the minimal level? Would you be satisfied with a minimum salary? What if your college-aged daughter comes home and says, Mom and Dad, guess what? My grades are just good enough so I haven't flunked out and they're going to let me come back next semester. Would we be thrilled and say, way to go, girl? No. We would not be happy with that production. God expects more than the minimum from us. And since most of us have been blessed so abundantly, God expects us to give and serve bountifully. Our founder, John Wesley, said, Earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. And Jesus said, if anybody wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There was an American businessman who, along with his wife, traveled all the way to Bavaria to see the famous Obamagal Passion Play. Obamagal Passion Play. 
And uh, after the play, they had a chance to meet Anton Lang, who was playing the part of Jesus. And the businessman saw the cross that Anton Lang carried in the play, and he said to his wife, take a picture of me holding the cross. And he tried to pick it up, and he could hardly budge it. It was so heavy. And he said to Anton Lang, I, I don't understand. I figured the, the cross would be hollow. Why do you have such a heavy cross? And Anton Lang's reply explains why millions of people go to the play from across the world. Anton Lang said, If I did not feel the weight of the cross, I could not play the part. And brothers and sisters, if we do not feel the weight of the cross, we cannot fulfill our mission as servants of Jesus Christ. Now, let's review. Let's review three commands we find in Luke 12 concerning the Christian lifestyle. First, be ready for Jesus' call each day. Second, be ready for Jesus' final call. And third, if you have been blessed bountifully, serve and give bountifully. Some years ago, a man named Bob Moorhead issued a statement entitled, The Fellowship of the Unashamed. It's a beautiful expression of the Christian lifestyle. It's a call to be ready, alert, and faithful. I'm going to invite you now to stand and join me as we recite Mr. Moorhead's words in unison. Let us stand. I challenge us to make these words our marching orders. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. My past is redeemed and my future is secure. I have Holy Spirit power. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus. I won't look back, let up, or back down. I am finished with low living, small planning, chintzy giving, and tame visions. My face is set, my road is narrow, my guide reliable, and my mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or slow up. I am a disciple of Jesus. And when he comes to get his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. And all God's children said, Amen. let us pray. Gracious and holy Father, may we never be ashamed of you or your word. Keep us alert every day for your call. Keep us growing in Christ until that great day when you call us home. This we ask in the high and holy name of Jesus Christ, our crucified and risen Lord. Amen.